Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. All right, good morning, everybody. What a wonderful day it is to be serving the Lord and being here today. Um, what a blessing, beautiful day outside. And uh, we're just so grateful that God has provided this building, provided this fellowship for us to all gather together and uh, just fellowship together and grow closer to God. So throughout the summer, um, Pastor Walt and Pastor Dave have been uh, running a sermon series on the facets of faith. Faith is a miraculous thing. The Bible tells us that faith is more precious than gold, yet it's something we can't hold, we can't touch, we can't see, we can't buy it, we can't sell it, but yet the Bible tells us that without it, it's impossible to please God. So faith is like imperative to us. It's one of the most important things. So we've been going through and we've seen how faith affects people's lives. We've looked at all different Bible characters throughout the summer. And we've seen that faith can make the impossible possible. We've seen where people have overcome the greatest obstacles and done so much to glorify God and all through faith. So today we're going to continue on, and we're going to talk about a purified faith. We're going to look at the Apostle Peter, and we're going to see his life. We're going to see that he had quite a roller coaster ride with his faith. He had his share of ups and downs, uh, trials and tribulations. But we're also going to see that through it all, God had his hand on him. From the very beginning, God had a plan for Peter's life. And at the end, we're going to see that Peter wound up right where God wanted him to be. At that end of the roller coaster ride, Peter wound up with a purified faith. So if you would, please open your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible with you, um, under the pews, we have pew Bibles. We're going to be going to 2 Peter um, chapter 1. It's on page 1395 in the pew Bibles. Peter writes, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today for providing this building for us, to, to just uh, being with us and guiding us daily. And Father, we just ask your blessings upon today. I um, just ask for clarity of thought as I share your word. Father, may your words come through and not mine. And we just pray that 
through this, the things we learn today, that we would glorify you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. So, you know, what we just read here was written by the Apostle Peter. And it's amazing to think that those words that we read were written by the same fishermen that we meet in the Gospels. We see, you know, if we looked at Peter's life, we see that he went through a lot of struggles and a lot of things to get to where he was. But what we see here in uh, 2 Peter is his, just the first words, Peter, a bondservant. He was a man that was sold out for God. And he got there through faith. It was through God picking him up, dusting him off, and getting him all the way from where he started as that fisherman all the way to the end where he was sold out and a complete bondservant and having that purified faith. And that, as Christians, is what we should be desiring. Our desire should be to reach that point. We should always want to be growing because every one of us, God has a plan for us. And it's up to us to allow him to work through and get us to the end. So I wanted to start with that just so we could see. This is our end goal. We are looking to reach that purified faith. So how do we get there? <clears throat> the first thing that I see is we need to investigate the facts. Um, so first off, what is faith? So in uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, we see now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, this is kind of a review. We've gone through this many times over the, uh, throughout the summer. But what is faith? And faith is the belief in something that's not seen. And Pastor Waltz, uh, given us the many demonstrations with the chair especially, showing us that you know, we can trust that the chair will hold us, but it takes the faith to sit in it and actually trust it. You know, there's, there's action to faith. So we know what faith is, but how do we get it? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not works, lest anyone should boast. So the faith comes from God through grace. And the reason I start here is because that's where we all start. As we enter um, our life as a Christian, we all begin in the same spot. It all starts with faith. We have to trust and we have to accept that Jesus is our Savior. We all come to that point in our life where we realize, hey, we're sinners. And there is no way we're going to find ourselves in heaven at the end of this life unless we trust in the Savior. Jesus Christ. We trust that he had lived a life and that he was uh, sacrificed and died and shed his blood and uh, died on the cross for our sins. But not only that, he was buried and rose again. It takes faith to believe that and we get that faith from God. And that's where we all start. We all begin our Christian life in that way. And it was the same for Peter. Peter was at a different vantage point, but he knew Christ for who he was. He accepted that Christ was the Messiah. Andrew came to him and said, hey, we have found the Messiah. And, uh, you know, we saw that by faith, Peter followed Jesus. Jesus came up to him and he said, follow me 
and I will make you a fisher of men. In, uh, Peter, I mean, you want to talk about some faith. You're talking about a fisherman. Um, it seemed that he had his own business, his own boat. Uh, he was out there, you know, it must have taken a lifetime to get to that point where he was in life as running a small business. I get all that's involved with it. You know, it takes a lot of work to get up there. I mean, he was always going to be out there getting things ready, preparing to go out to fish, get out there, fish, come back. Money invested in boats and equipment, help, all the things that he had. And when Jesus said, follow me, he forsake everything and followed him. That takes great faith. But we got to understand that faith didn't come from Peter. That faith came from God. So <clears throat> we need to identify our faith next. I'm sorry, I already skipped the point. So, <laughs> all right, so we investigate, and now we identify our faith. So what kind of faith do we have? Second um, Corinthians 13, 5 through 6 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust you will know that we are not disqualified. See, Paul is writing to these Christians and he's expressing to them that you need to examine your faith. So yes, we trust that Jesus is Savior, but there's other aspects to faith beyond that. Are we trusting God at his word? Are we understanding that when we accept Christ as Savior, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus living in us? Are we living that out? Are we carrying that out in our lives? Are, as through our lives, are we showing that as an example? Can people look at us and see Christ? Um, are we living by faith? The actions within our lives shed light on the state of our faith. If you would, let's see, we will look over at Matthew 16, chapter 16, verse 20. Do we have a page number up there? We do. Page 1131. Okay. And we're going to begin in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I son of man am. So they say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever bind you on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Wow. Wouldn't you like to hear that from the Lord? You know, because he confessed. And Jesus said, look, you didn't learn this by man. 
the faith that you know who I am came from God. It just further shows that. So, you know, we can get that, and that shows that Peter understood that. And that's great, but let's read on a little further and see what happens next. He says, Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Wow, that's a quick turn. He just went from praising him and telling him, you know, you, know, you have this great faith, to saying, get behind me, Satan. Boy, that's pretty freaky. <laughs> but you know what? How many times could that be said to us? How many times do we understand one aspect of faith and, you know, we say, yeah, we trust you, and yes, Jesus, this is the way it is. But then in our lives, when something else comes up, we, uh, we don't live according to God's word. We don't understand it completely. You know, Peter was missing the boat. He wasn't understanding what Jesus was saying. Peter was looking at things from a fleshly perspective, from a manly perspective. In Peter's mind, he's saying, no, 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 this doesn't have to go this way. Let's fix this. This doesn't have to happen. And, you know, Jesus had clearly told him, you know, this is what's going to happen. And Peter's seen so much to this point that, you know, he should be able to just take Jesus at his word. But yet, he still was holding back. He was still working in what he knew. We all oftentimes will default to what we know. You know, we live in a world that's full of sin and, and uh, full of people with different ideas that aren't necessarily godly. And we adopt those throughout our life. And it's a lot of times hard to reconcile the two because God's ways are often um, counterintuitive to God's. You know, we'll, we'll see to, our, to the human way. They're, they're different. They don't always line up. And we've got to be careful that we don't use our human perspective and look at things in a human way as much as we should be looking at things in a godly way. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing we need to do is increase our faith. And the apostles asked this of Jesus. They went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, increase our faith. And he responded by telling them that, you know, all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. And you'd be able to command this mulberry bush, he pointed to. He said, you could tell that mulberry bush to uproot itself and go plant it in the sea. And it would obey you if you had the faith of a mustard seed. So when we think faith, you know, and, and we want more faith, you know, it, it's easy to think. And I believe that's what the apostles were thinking is we need more. We need faith the size of this building. We need faith the size of this parking lot. We want to carry around all this faith. Give us more, give us more. And what Jesus has said is, no, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. We need that small faith, but the pure faith. And the issue is, is the faith that we are given at the very beginning is a pure faith. The problem is, is if we want to have that purified faith, 
we need to take out the impurities. And the impurities are us. It's what we add into the faith. It's when we look at things and we see um, things in a way other than God sees. And then we kind of mess up and make mistakes. So, you know, we really need to grow in knowledge. We need to get to know God better. And, you know, one of the things that really affects it, I think, is fear. We need to ignore our fear. Let's look over at uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 21. Okay. So we're picking up uh, right after Jesus had fed the multitudes. And it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Oh, let's back up one more verse, 21. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down off the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see, Peter actually got out of the boat and actually walked in the water. That was a man that had some faith. He said, Jesus, bid me to come out there. And Jesus said, come. And he did. But what happened? Once he got out there, then all of a sudden the winds and the waves, and he took his eyes off of Jesus and started getting nervous and started to sink, and Lord, save me. I can relate to that story a little bit because I had somewhat of a similar experience. I didn't walk on water by any means. Um, but uh, <clears throat> when I was young, we uh, took a trip to Florida with... Uh, a few friends. I had three friends and myself. We went to Florida in our 20s. And um, on the plane ride down, they were telling me, hey, we're staying at my sister's house, and it's great. She's got a pool, and it's going to be a blast. And I explained to my friends that, well, that's all well and good, but I don't know how to swim, so I'm not a big fan of the pool. And of course, many of you here that swim, I know how all you swimmers are. Sure, you can swim. We're going to show you how to swim. And they made that plan on that day on the plane that by the end of the week, I was going to swim. And I said, all right, 
let's do it. So we showed up and uh, they had a very small pool at the house. It you know, wasn't very large. I think the deepest end was maybe six feet and it probably only went six feet for maybe five, six feet out or 10, maybe 10 feet and then it went down to four feet. So I spent that whole week every day in the pool. They were giving me tips and I made a vow that very first day that the last day here, I'm gonna jump in the deep end of that pool and I'm gonna swim. And they're like, all right, Rick, yeah, you can do it. And I spent the whole week and I was in that pool and I, you know, contemplating it and saying, yep, I can do this. I'd walk all the way out to my neck and like the, the end of the pool was right there. So in my reasoning, I can jump out and I'm already gonna be where I can stand up, but I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna go for it. And I tell you, that last day came and I was ready. I was at the end of the pool and there was no question in my mind that once I jump in, I'm gonna, you know, if I don't swim, whatever, it's gonna be fine, but I'm going in. And I jumped in that pool. And I'll tell you, as soon as I went over my head, all of a sudden, panic hit. Water started going in my mouth, started splashing. And like Jesus that day, I made three men fishes of men because they had to fish me out of that pool. <laughs> but see, what happened was at that point, I was relying on myself. I had all this faith and all this trust in myself. And once I got in there and was overcome by fear, I failed. And that can happen so much in our Christian lives, too. We can start off with the right thing. You know, Peter started off with the right thing. He had the faith. He said, yes, Lord, bid me out there. But once he got there, he took his eyes off Jesus. And we can do this, too, in our Christian walk, sometimes even in ministry. You know, we can start off with all the right ideas and the right goals and the right plans, and we're working hard, and then all of a sudden we start taking our eyes off of them, and we start relying on ourselves, and we start doing things on our own steam, in our own way, and relying on ourselves, and that's when we're going to fall. We always got to remember to keep our eyes on Jesus and make sure that he is part of everything, part of our decisions, part of our, our everything, you know, prayer life, that we're praying, we're talking to him, we're we're making sure that everything, every step we're taking is in tune with him and all the time focusing on him and not focusing on ourselves and saying, I can do this because we can't without him. That's the whole trick of that faith. It's, you know, he, Peter wound up at the end, the purified faith, but it was Jesus that got him there. He just kept picking him up and dusting him up because Peter, you know, we've already seen a few times where Peter was just kind of off base here and there, although he had a strong faith but he didn't understand everything completely. So, you know, how do we get past this fear and how do we grow closer? Well, we just gotta grow closer to God. We gotta ingest our food, if you will. This is our food. We have the Bible. We have the Word of God and we need to study it and grow closer to God. We need to live every life and every, every day of our life thinking Him first and putting Him first in our life and looking and searching and how would Jesus, what would he do in this situation? How would he respond to this? We need to uh, continue to grow so that we can make decisions based on truth and not emotionally driven. We need to be better rememberers. We need to realize that the grace that we receive today is the same grace that we receive tomorrow. The truth that is given to us today is the same truth as tomorrow. We need to just keep it in mind and stay focused, but sometimes, you know, we can tend to forget. Um, 
over in John 18.10. We see Peter... This is the scene in the garden where Judas betrays Jesus. And they come to arrest him. They're coming. And uh, they come in and they start working towards him. And uh, Jesus says, hey, you know, who do you look for? Who are you looking for? And they say, well, you're looking for Jesus. And he says, I am him. And then uh, Peter then, in verse 10, says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew and struck the high priest's servant's ear and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? See, in this case, Peter's emotions got involved. Jesus had already explained to them what had to happen. He already told them, listen, they're coming for me. You know, I'm going. And he explained to them that he was going to die. And he, he told them the whole plan that was going to happen. And Peter, you know, heard this and was part of that. But yet when the time came, emotions took over. And Peter's like, no, this isn't going to happen. You know, and it wasn't like this, uh, you know, warning swing. I'm going to cut your ear off and that will slow you down. I mean, Peter was swinging for the guy's head. You know, Peter wasn't a a swordsman by any means, so I, I guarantee uh, he was swinging to save Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, you know, put your sword in the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father was given me? We need to be careful that we don't do things that are going to hinder God's plan. As I said, God has a plan for all of us, and we need to work with him and work in conjunction with that and understand and listen to him when he speaks to us so that we can follow in the path that he's laid out for us so that we can wind up at the end where Peter did. Lastly, we need to ignite our fervency. Don't let failure put your fire out for the Lord. Peter had a lot of failures. Um... Probably one of his uh, biggest was um, the Lord telling him, listen, Peter, by the end of the day, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no, Lord, I'll never deny you. You know, I will, I'll die for you. Why can't I go where you're going? And Jesus said, you can't, and you're going to deny me. And, and Peter just said, no way. And then we find out, if as we read through the scripture, that Peter does, in fact, deny him three times just like the Lord said. And at the end, he looked at the Lord and he was just like, wow. Fell down a broken man because he just realized, you know, I think that that was the point in Peter's life where he really realized that, man, Jesus knows what he's talking about here, right? I got to stop putting me into the picture and start relying on him and trusting him. That's uh, known as Peter's repentance. You know, but think about it. What if Peter's story ended there? 
what if that's all we saw of Peter? What if, you know, we just saw these stories that we looked at today of him walking on the water and sinking and cutting off Malchus's ear and, and rebuking Jesus and, you know, telling him, no, Lord, you know, you're, this isn't going to happen. What if we just saw that? Would we imagine that he is where he wound up? We wouldn't think that. We would think that, wow, you know, he didn't really amount to much. But through faith, Peter allowed Jesus to keep picking him up and restoring him and putting him back in. And this same Peter that we see um, making all these errors went on to preach the first big sermon in Pentecost and over um, 3,000 got saved. You know, he was a rock for the church. He wrote these epistles. He did so much and accomplished so many great things because he allowed God to work through him and purify his faith. And that's what we need to do. We need to realize as we, uh, as we walk as Christians that in order to have that purified faith, we need less of us and more of him. We need to just keep looking and surrendering and taking things out. I didn't really uh, share my main points with you today. I, all these points that I shared with you were really my sub-points. My main points were right in front of us and have been in front of us. We need to surrender, grow, and tell. You see, Peter surrendered. He surrendered that day one um, when he decided to follow Jesus. And then he kept surrendering throughout his faith. And he kept growing. You know, he kept letting the Lord teach him and show him things. And then he went on and was so fervent about it that he shared it with everybody. He shared that faith, and that should be us too. We should be able to share our faith. We should have a faith that's so strong that, um, that we just live, that it just emits to people. You know, we, if we live it and we experience it, we're going to be able to share it so much more. You know, I've seen Christians that can give a great review of a restaurant. They'll go out to a restaurant, and they'll tell me about it and say, oh, you wouldn't believe the food is great. And they, you know, they'll, they'll tell me about every aspect of the restaurant, and it's like, wow, that sounds good. Boy, I'd really like to go there, you know. But tell me about Jesus. Tell me about your faith. See, that's why Peter was so, had such an impact, because he went through so much, and he understood his faith, and he... He just experienced it all and loved it. And when you're excited about it and you've been through it and you share it, it means so much more. And that's where we need to find ourselves. We need to find ourselves allowing God to work in us and purifying us. So at the end, whatever God's plan for us in our, in our life, we can reach it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here. And Father, we just ask that you would guide and direct us and that you would give us the wisdom and give us all that we need to, to be aware of our lives. And, and Father, may there be less of us in our faith and more of you. May we set aside our thoughts and our ways and look to you and your guidance and just put that flush away once and for all and continue to just surrender to you. And Father, may we grow. May we just study your word and spend time with you in prayer and, and just learn all your ways and apply them to our lives. And Father, be so excited about it and just follow so we can carry out that great commission and just share your word with everybody. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you.